Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome everybody to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi. With me is Armin Navabi. Armin, good morning. Morning. Where it is and uh, where he is. Um, and we're very excited today. So we have a, a, a very special guest today, truly special. Um, Autumn Sharif is a Somali-Dutch-British singer. Uh, she arrived with a bang on the UK public stage. Uh, she had a classic performance on The Voice. Uh, which was absolutely phenomenal. We watched it yesterday. Uh, so I, I was telling Autumn that my niece, my 13-year-old niece, and I were watching all her music yesterday, and she was totally blown away. And I think she's going to be uh, sort of telling all of her friends about it as well. Um, and uh, so this year, what happened with Autumn is Autumn decided to speak publicly about her upbringing as a Muslim, and she came out with a video that said, I am Somali and not Muslim. Um, so she, she was raised as, as in a Muslim background, a Somali Muslim background, but does not identify as one anymore. So there are other prominent public figures in the U, in the UK, like uh, Zayd Malik, like Jamila Jamil, who also came from Muslim backgrounds and uh, have publicly said they don't longer believe in the religion. In the religion. So um, Autumn, your story is pretty characteristic of many, many countless young people today um, who are embracing reason and <clears throat> excuse me, embracing reason and independence over faith. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. It's truly an honor to have you. Thank here. you so much. It's an honor to be on here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So just, I wanted to start from the beginning. Um, so you're, you're part of the Somali record. You were, you were born in the Netherlands. Can you mention the video yes. before we go to our background story? Like the recent video that made a huge noise, like the, and the backlash yes. to that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so Autumn put out a video, and there's a link to it in this description. It's called I Am Somali and Not Muslim. And um, it was an explanation of, uh, you know, how she was raised and why she does not identify as a Muslim anymore. Right. And there was massive backlash to it because, you know, you're, you're a public figure. Hmm. <clears throat> so a lot of people had a problem with it, but you also found a lot of support among other Absolutely. people who think alike. So... Let, let's yeah. Let's start with that. Let's start with your. Which one was more, the support or the backlash? Yeah. Okay, so at the beginning, the backlash was intense. It started off with a lot of backlash, and um, I remember my YouTube video um, had an incredible amount of dislikes over likes. Mm. So I thought, okay, it doesn't matter. This is what I think. This is how I feel. I knew that the backlash would exist, but then there was an outpour of love and people who felt like me and um you know you gentlemen shared it a guy named abdul samir he shared he shared the video and all of a sudden i was exposed to a new world the world of ex oh you got cut oh you're Can back you hear me yes you're back okay you were exposed to the word of ex-muslims okay. <laughs> Ex-Muslims and people who just stand in condolence and, and acknowledge the freedom of thought, the freedom of 
belief. And um, now the the love is much more. Yes, I have to say. And you didn't know about, you didn't know about the ex-Muslim world before this. Um, I'm sure they must have existed, um, but um, I, I felt unique in, in my situation mm. because growing up in a completely Somali Muslim household and everyone from my aunties, my uncles, my friends, they're all Muslim. Mm. There was no window out of there and for a long time um, I lived in that, envi in that environment. So even if even when I was curious, I couldn't talk to anybody about it or dare to voice it out to anybody else to have the conversation. And and so I felt isolated and I, I didn't, I was never exposed. So I didn't know so, that there were... So why did you put out the video? And like, what gave you the courage to put it out there? And what was the goal? Um, I wanted to speak my truth. I'm mm. very, I'm very much like that. And I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, it wasn't an, an, an easy or fast decision either. I, I have not identified as a Muslim for a very long time. I said in the video, I never felt Muslim, mm. um, which is true. I, I had to fight what I thought. Um, and when I came to terms with it fully, I'd say about four years ago, I've been living publicly you know, on the streets and my work and anyone who had me, I'd share who I am with them. Um, so I got to, I came to terms with it. And then I felt it was only right to, to share it publicly and hopefully um, mm -hmm. start a conversation in the Somali. I get cut it again, but it's okay, you come back. Oh. Yeah. So uh, let's start from the um, beginning. So you but, said- But before, before you say start from the beginning, I just want to say I'm really happy to hear that once the ex-Muslim world dis discovered that you're coming out, they they countered all that hate that you got with a lot of love and support. That makes me so happy that that's, that's the reaction that you got. That means that the whole uh, ex-Muslim as a movement is working, that the, when somebody comes out, they don't feel alone anymore. Like I'm so glad that that was your experience. And I'm really proud of the ex-Muslim community for making you feel like that. So... Absolutely, and I'm so I'm so overwhelmed as well by the outpour of other people, Somali or not, who identify as non-Muslim hmm. or ex-Muslim, and they still live or live in fear and live in private. But because of the outpour of love for me, hmm. and and them seeing that, if they they felt safe enough to exactly. to maybe step forward and. I'm I'm so happy that's happened. So so happy. <laughs> yeah, this is an it's a really important it's conversation. Incredible. Yeah, to have because uh, in in all of the other faith communities, like in the Christians, Catholics, you know, if you're a lapsed Catholic, if you're a secular Jew, if you're a former Scientologist or Mormon, you get book deals and TV shows, and and people praise you to the moon. You have careers in stand-up comedy. I mean, people do all kinds of things. They achieve all kinds of things. But there's this expectation that. If you're from a Muslim background, then everybody has to think the same. You all have to believe. And if you don't, you just don't fit that narrative. And, and that's something I think that a, a lot of young people from the Muslim community like yourself are challenging. And especially people with uh, in prominent, prominent public uh, profiles like yourself, I, I think it's extremely important. So how did it – so you said you were born um, uh, in, a, in a Muslim family. Uh, what was your journey like? So you were raised religiously and then uh, later on uh, lost it? Or how did it 
go? How did the evolution? Absolutely. Um, my earliest memory, I mean, um, I was wearing full hijab from, I don't want to guess, but I'd say maybe eight years old. I remember wearing a hijab and onwards. Um, we used to go to Islamic school in the weekends. Um, we'd have to pray five times a day. Um, never really did that. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> I'd have my moments. I, I had my moments. Um, but um, that was the standard and that was the expectation. And we were Muslim and the afterlife and everything was heavily instilled in us, um, as, 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 as in me and my siblings. Um, but again, as a curious little kid, I asked everyone questions. Um, like the one I mentioned in the video, if someone dies a good human, um, should they be destined for hell if they're not a Muslim? And um, I would watch everyone dance around these questions and, and, and leave me unsatisfied every single time. And um, the older I got, the more I had questions, the more I wanted, wanted to express hmm. um, myself and, and have the freedom to do what I needed to do. So you, know? you, you seemed like you were curious from the beginning and you, you wanted explanations for why, you know, you d didn't just want to follow, you wanted explanation for something. Do you think is that you were different? Uh, is that r the reason why you're an ex-Muslim? Do you think that you were naturally different from, you know, you were born curious or what, what, what do you think is, explains the difference between how you look at things and people around you? Um. So you see, when um, when you grow up, when I grew up in, an, uh, in in my environment, Islam was presented to me as the truth and the only who are blessed to be within this. And so you um, got you got caught for a second. You said Islam was represented to you as as the presented to you as the as the truth, right? Is that what you said? Yes, Sorry. yes. Okay. And and um, my whole world revolved around this truth and, and, and this faith. And um, I just wanted to make, I wanted to make sense of it because I grew up in London. I, I moved from Holland and I came to London. I had friends in, in my school um, who also strongly believed in their faiths. You know, you have this, the Sikh child, uh, the, the Christian, and they're all, they're all speaking something similar to, to, to what my family is saying. And I, I, I understood the conflict straight away. Mm -hmm. um, I'd laugh and joke with my friends, and then in the back of my mind, I'm told that this person is destined for hell, and 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 it left me very confused. And mm. honestly, it just didn't make sense. And um, and I had to kind of understand that because I was indoctrinated as well, and I was basically forced to just admit um, that I was a Muslim. Um, and they do that by like punishing you or or telling you off or say telling you not to question not to um yeah they would blame it on the shaitan for example if you have a low iman you know <laughs> by the way for people that don't know shaitan means the devil but the yeah. devil <laughs> they blame it on the devil so imagine the complex for little old me you know who thinks now i'm possessed with the devil for for it, it was a trip that is very interesting Definitely. because that's that is the same conflict that i had to deal with like i could even as a child i could not understand how people could know like oh yeah this person is gonna burn forever in hell <laughs> oh it's okay like how could how is that not bothering the whole world like all these people are going to be tortured for eternity it's, why is it's actually one of the most common things whenever we have guests who are 
and uh, from uh, so Muslim families who left the faith, uh, especially in the West, like the number one thing that they say is, I just went to school and I had very good friends who were Christian and who were from other faiths, and I, we just used to look at it, and my, I was told that they're all going to hell and they couldn't come to terms with it. It didn't. Uh, that that's one of the things that really confused them. So I think exposure to a variety of different people, of, uh, you know, different belief systems and everything that that really really helps put things into perspective. Yep. But what is not com what is not common is what you did, which is uh, which is really good that you did. Is because we have more and more people uh, coming out as uh, becoming leaving religion secretly, publicly, or maybe to their family. And we we just recently had a study that showed that in in the Arab world, people are leaving religion faster than ever. But what you do, what you did, is unique, and this is this is what makes the big difference: is coming out and um, you know telling people that listen, I'm not Muslim, and I think that is more important because you're helping normalize the whole thing, you know, and you're helping, it's very similar to the gay rights movement in this, uh, you know, 1960s and 1970s in, in North America and Europe. Um, it wasn't just about being gay, it's about it, the first people that decided like, listen, I'm going to tell the whole world and making it easier for the next the people that are coming after them right especially if there are people that some like somebody that like you that is a singer and some people are following and they enjoy the music and if you come out and say you're an ex-muslim and you don't identify as a muslim either the person will consider it or they are already ex-muslim and feel like oh i'm not alone or even if they're a muslim and remain a muslim they maybe think like okay ex-muslims i guess it's fine some people are not muslim like they don't even if for people that remain muslim at least in their eyes it becomes a little bit more normal and less demonized absolutely and i must i have to um acknowledge um the many muslim mm. uh people that sent and reached out to me and sent me messages and stood in condolence and in solidarity and they told me yes. listen um i'm a muslim but you know, religion, religion shouldn't be compulsory on anybody. If that's how you feel and that's what you think, go ahead. Mm -hmm. right. And I found that incredibly beautiful because you're right. Um, I do want to normalize it because it is normal. Right. It is normal. How we consume the world and, and our forms and modes of sanity is personal. Right. Yeah. Well, even and if it should have always right. been. Mm -hmm. Right. I so, uh, so this is one thing I wanted, I wanted to ask you about before you uh, say, sorry Ali even yeah. if it's not normal it should be normal but I do want to say that when when you say like Muslims say that oh religion shouldn't be compulsory a lot of times atheists and ex-Muslims get tempted to remind them that actually no Islam does make it compulsory but it's that is true absolutely that is true but at the other but on the other hand you have to recognize that specific individual for being not being like that even though if you agree that islam even if though you correctly know that islam d does make islam compulsory that's a, that's a separate discussion from the fact that that individual muslim uh, even if it's not in accordance to islam that individual muslim is uh, tolerant of other ideas yeah, so that's that's you have to recognize that in that individual absolutely right. and when when people rebuttal my video mm. and um they tell me why did you make this you know silly video religion isn't compulsory you can go and do what you want to do when they come to me with, with that approach i have to remind them mm. actually 
It is very compulsory. It has been compulsory my entire life. Right. Um, there are laws in, in, in many Muslim lands that completely forbid. We know the punishments for apostasy in many places. Right. Um, so I do have to remind them, but I, I just separately wanted to acknowledge the Muslims who do right. accept and are tolerant because if we can't, you know, discard them and we and they are part of the change too. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. I, Mm -hmm. Sorry, could I continue with what you were saying? Myself? No, I think she's... Uh, no, you go on. You oh, go on. Okay. You go on. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah. no, I think that what you said, um, and, and you mentioned this in the video too, like one of the things that I really liked about it is that it showed a lot of compassion for Muslims. And we make a distinction here between Islam, the set of beliefs, and Muslims, the people. And mm -hmm. we, we have this... That, you know, we have, I, I don't want to say faith, but we believe that most Muslims are much better than the beliefs that, that are prescribed for them. So, um, in a sense, you know, and, and it's especially, it's especially hard to do that. And that's why I'm so glad you did it is because right now there is a lot of anti-Muslim sentiment and, and politics around the world. And most of us, we have Muslim families, we have Muslim friends and everything that we grew up with. And there are many of them that, as you mentioned out, that are supportive and that are sort of evolving on these issues. So, um, did you, was that a conscious decision in your video? Like when you talked about uh, how you don't believe in Islam, but th that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you think that all Muslims are terrible people. Um, how important is that to, to, to I, point out? For me, it's, it's incredibly important because um, I believe, if I believe that I should have the right to believe in what I, what I want, that goes also for the Muslim community. If they if they feel Islam is for them, if anybody feels like Islam is for them, I will never go against Islam or Muslims who follow is who follow Islam. I just want. For me, I'm fighting for the diversity itself. I'm not here to criticize anything publicly um, because that goes against what I stand for. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I don't have the answers as to why I'm here. I'm on a search and everybody's on the search themselves. And um, if we want to make sense of this planet and why we're here, go for what makes sense to you. And for many, Islam is what makes sense for them. Um, but I obviously have to acknowledge um, some of the conflict and the politics of, of what it means to be a Muslim, how much freedom it really does give to people. Because for me, it didn't give me much freedom. <laughs> Mm. And and it, and and there's a large community that never received that freedom. You know, mm. I feel like human beings were we can be terrible, we can be terrible. We can talk about many topics um, outside of religion. We can we can talk about politics itself, and yeah. we'll find incredible flaws in, in 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 anything. But I just want the reason why I feel compassionate is because I feel like compassion will rule overrule everything. Yeah. Is, oh is yeah, there... I, I agree with that. I, agree. Yeah. I, I I think passion is more even more important than logic. Uh, yeah. But uh, did, sorry, Ali, you go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah, right no, I had. Uh, yeah, I had a question. Is there anything? Um, first of all, well, I have two questions. Is there anything specifically about Islam or the restrictions that you felt were placed on you? Um, any sort of one thing that stood out, or was there one moment that made you? Um, just to kind of put you over the over the edge on this or was it a gradual process of things adding up 
I would say it's it was a a bit of both. It was a gradual process. Um, again, I have to come from my experience. Um, I remember wearing the hijab and going to school, and and I didn't want to wear it. For oh. one, I would go into the store and and I knew I couldn't wear that skirt or that outfit. It was just never the option. So I'd just sit there daydreaming. I'm very much a free spirit naturally, and everything has a bit of sense to it. Um, when I speak to you know different people from around the world, I'm like, that's really cool. I might do that. I might have like a, a poster of the Buddha and then maybe burn some incense and maybe wear my traditional Somali. You know, I just love the beauty of that, mm. and it was denied for me. Mm. And I felt yeah. like it was unfair. And then, yes, I did read the Quran um, from a logical perspective. And um, I don't want to go too much into that because then, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. But I read it and, and it just, for one, didn't resonate. <laughs> I didn't read the Quran and go, oh, wow, I'm having an epiphany or this is, my, my mind is blown. If anything, I had, very, I had a very opposite <laughs> reaction to it, yeah. I have to say. Right. And, and, you know, there I am reading the Quran. I want to live the life that I want to live. And the only difference is my, my ability and option. Yeah. So I decided, like, come on, I'm, I'm 23 now. Then I was much younger, but I need to make that. I need to make that step, and yeah. and allow myself that. Especially yeah. having the privilege of growing up in London, in the UK, where the law doesn't, you know, protects me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To believe what I want to believe, so. So, so I, 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 I had, I, I, sorry, Armin. I had a follow up. I had a follow up to that. Right. Sorry. So you you wore the hijab, and then at one point you took it off and you're from a family yeah. you have siblings you have parents how did they react to it and what's your relationship with your family has this affected it in any way um you obviously have a very you know you're doing very very well in terms of your career and and your music um how is their reaction to i guess everything the the music the leaving islam the taking off the hijab uh the video that you made do they know how much do they know yeah, um, I don't have the greatest relationship at the moment because of, of, of my beliefs. I, I, I can understand it. it's a massive shock. Mm. Not massive, a massive shock that I, I did this publicly, not me the person because it makes perfect sense to them. They, you know, all my family know um, if they <laughs> just had any look into my life and my questions and my actions growing up that this is where I was going to end up. Um, but um, it's uh, it's just unfortunate that this um, belief or ideology, it's so, it's so overpowering and blinding that it can affect personal relationships, um, especially with people that you love and really care about. And you'd hate that something so, for me, trivial um, can have such an effect. Um, I did miss your next, your other question though. I was going oh, to tie it in. But. No, the the other question, the other part of the question was that uh, when you started uh, doing uh, music, music and you started getting uh -huh. successful with it, and obviously, you know, you go into the music world, um, it's much more liberal. There's a lot of people that you meet who are obviously not Muslim, probably most of them aren't. And um, so the, the success that you had with the music, I mean, I, I assume they were very supportive of your talent. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So, um, yeah. so um, I remember, naturally, I was supposed to be a lawyer or a doctor. 
Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, so no parents in many in many households would, you know, champion your, their child being an artist or a musician. Um, so that definitely was a little bit of a back and forth. But I, I have to give my mom credit. I convinced her. I managed to convince her that this is my path. And I had the talent, you know, I was singing my whole entire life. I've been writing my entire life and I, I just have this connection. I just knew that it was my calling. Um, and my mom saw it too. You know, I, I asked her to come to my school assemblies and she'd see what I do um, and my passion. And then she said to me, um, but could you please do it all and still keep the hijab? Could you just be a super <laughs> famous hijabi artist, like, and don't compromise anything? Don't talk about love or sex or marriage, like, you know. And um, that was kind of like what I had to, what I had to sign up for. And mm. I was like, of course, you know, mom, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. And slowly, you know, the songs got a bit more complex and a bit more detailed and and um, and expressive. And it was always a bit of a challenge finding the bound finding a middle ground but my mom definitely was supportive of my music um but to a degree what about yeah. now um now um unfortunately now there's the re relationship is really strained because of my decision oh. um to 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 advocate and stand up for what i believe in and being an ex-muslim um it's a very difficult time also for my mother because, as you can imagine, the whole community where she lives and, and has lived her whole life and now, you know, joining the train of maybe bullying her or making her feel terrible that right. her daughter has left Islam. And that's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking because it also affects the people around you. Oh, you got cut. We consider that too, too often. Yeah. See, this is yeah. the this is a, uh, what makes it even more difficult for a lot of ex-Muslims. The first barrier that you cross is like, okay, I'm an ex-Muslim. Then the second one is like, okay, I'm an ex-Muslim, and I want to tell people about it. Uh, I don't want to hide it. And then th third one is like, I want to tell my parents, and maybe they will be accepting of me. And even if you pass that barrier, and they're like, okay, fine, we're accepting. But then this last barrier that is sometimes impossible to pass is that. Well, can you keep it private because the whole community is going to come down on us and shame us to oblivion if you like might go publicly and like you can't even you can't be like this is what's holding a lot of ex-muslims back because even if the rare ones that get their parents to accept them the way they are they still have to keep it keep quiet because they're afraid of the reaction of the community and I kept quiet for, I agree with you 100%, and I kept quiet for many years. I would have done this a few years ago. Um, but it was because of, I knew the scrutiny that my family would face. And right. I felt like, was it fair? Is it, is it, should I just keep it to myself? Is it attention seeking? You know, I had, there's a lot of thought that goes into right. um, coming out as a non-Muslim, definitely. But again, I couldn't hold my life for ransom. Right. Um, and this is why is we should be like people should be extremely thankful to people like you because you're basically taking the bullets to normalize it for the people like eventually the more people like you do this uh, we we will get closer to a place where more people could come out and the community wouldn't have that reaction anymore because it's just happening way too often for them to have to be uh, sensitive about each specific case right 
Absolutely. Yeah. And how beautiful will that be? Like, <laughs> I'm just picturing my uh, a Somali party where my whole family is there and you've got one that's a bit of a hippie, you know, over there doing what he's doing. And you've got this person here who's not Muslim. And, you know, that you see a diversity for once mm. and a diversity that exists and is natural. Mm. Put 10 people in a room together. They can't even agree on what they want for dinner. And you're trying to tell me... Um, that they all agree on something above and beyond us, mm. something so incomprehensible, like, uh, like incomprehensible. Mm. Is that, is that, is that a word? Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that's a word. That works. Um, you it's know, a word now. <laughs> well, we've made it a word. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th this is, this is, this is my, I, my, my dream is it's just, um, mm for people to walk past each other, share their stories, where they come from. I'm, you know, we, and, and the thing about the Muslim community that I have to hold them accountable for is they accept um, people to convert into their religion. Mm. People from other faiths are walking into Islam, you know, willingly, and um, they embrace these people and they know that they left something else, you know, Mm -hmm. right. to come to their faith and it's like the same thing so if people walk in people can walk out right right yeah exactly please yeah. <laughs> please let's like let's not be hypocritical let's not cherry pick what you you know what we just yeah don't do it yeah. don't but, so, do it the way the, the way you described it the yes. way the way you describe your dream that's a, that's a very beautiful dream by the way and also the diversity that you're hoping for is the diversity i i, I very yeah it's the diversity of opinions and thoughts and people learning to accept each other not like by the way accepting each other for their ideas doesn't mean that you have to accept the ideas themselves right you can still be against those ideas Bingo. but but we can still be against those ideas, but accept each other with those ideas. You know, that's... the right to believe Bingo. whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bingo. So, so you have a, there's a couple of um, interesting things like with your life. So you're part of the Somali diaspora. The Somali diaspora is actually publicly. There's so many influential public voices that are coming out of it in pretty much Absolutely. all fields. So it's a very sort of talented group. I mean, we've had uh, some people like. Noon Benson and others on this uh, program as well, but as you know, you've got a U.S. Congresswoman uh, Ilhan Omar. You've got Ayan Hirsi Ali, who's also you know uh, was in the Netherlands. Um, uh, do you have? And they all they're all very diverse in, in the way that they think. There's other singers and there's actors and with with that kind of background. Um, Absolutely, that's one thing. And then the other thing is you're living in the U.K. and in Europe where. You know, recently you had all of those, uh, a few years, ISIS was a big thing. Uh, there's a big question about uh, immigration, bigger debates about migrants and all of the politics. Um, how Have you paid attention to that? And how do you think you as a uh, Somali origin person, also born in the Netherlands, uh, who mm -hmm. is now identifying as secular and also a musician, all, all of that, how does it fit this whole thing about identities since you have so many of them um that's a very good question um yes i i was i'm definitely i have been aware of everything that's been going on um especially everything with with isis and all the the terror attacks um 
I remember, you know, we would watch it live happening. It would be on television and then you see the outpour of a lot of Muslims, just normal everyday day-to-day Muslims feeling very uncomfortable all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. These people don't represent, you know, my mother, for example. Um, however, um, that in itself is a conversation to have. Um, then uh, we cannot deny that people can misinterpret the Quran itself and and they cherry pick what they want to fight for or what they want to take very seriously. And to say, we can't say that it's not in there. We can't say that, um, you know, you can say it's been taken out of context or whatever, but um, that's a separate conversation to have. Um, right. um, being uh, who I am in the diaspora, um, we just had a lack of diversity and lack of representation. When I was um, really young, Amal Hirsi Ali was one person who was very well known, um, but also someone who was seen as the devil in my community. So <laughs> I, yeah. couldn't, I oh. couldn't watch any of her interviews or anything or any of her speeches or read any of her books um, when I was a kid. That was like a no-go zone. Um, <laughs> um, she was really, and, was she really that much hated, Ayan? Like, as absolutely, hmm. absolutely, because you have to understand um, um, what Ayan stands for. Um, my God, in those days, what happened to the the, the man that she was um, working with? I think the director. Theo Van Gogh. Exactly. Um, sorry, I apologize. I don't know his name. Um, okay. Yeah, he was he was beheaded, I believe. Um, no, stabbed. Outside. Stabbed. Yeah, he was stabbed, stabbed to, death, to death. Yeah. Stabbed to death. Can you imagine? Because of his association with Ayan and her her right to just express. And she's a very intelligent woman. Um, I can't say I agree with absolutely everything, but again, this is this is why we're human beings. Um, and um, there was only one other musician, a, a lady called um, Amal Noor, um, Kanan. Um, and now, now that I'm exactly, and now that I'm older, um, we've just utilized um, the internet. Um, we just kind of started to grow and blossom, and and there are even women who are Somali or men who are Somali who are Muslim, but they're very alternative in the way that they live. So maybe they don't pray, um, or maybe they have a bunch of tattoos. And they still want to label themselves as Muslim. So, you know, go ahead. Why not? Um, I think it's about time. We just, we were stifled, I think, in media representation you, many years ago. You mentioned yeah. that when you were doing your events and your singing events, you met, uh, you met some uh, people that before you came out as a, a publicly as an ex-Muslim, you secretly personally talked to people that... Um, but in the Somali community that also told you that yeah they're not Muslim is that absolutely uh, do you like how did that like how does those conversations start and how, how did that feel like <sighs> well yeah you know the amount of people who aren't Muslim hmm. it's it's uh, it was it will overwhelm you really actually <laughs> <Yeah>. secretly <laughs> secretly people who are closeted ex-Muslims it will overwhelm you um, but um, but it's also sad in the same breath, isn't it? Like um, that they can't actually um, manifest it. Um, the conversations would start. Um, 
we just we just talked we'd have a very intellectual conversation about the world and the universe and religion and and you know the conversations that we all have right. and um i'm very open about it i have been for many years um um it wasn't always the case when i was very very young but um i have been so i would i would usually start to take the lead and say yeah i'm not muslim you know while I sip a glass of wine, maybe, <laughs> and um, but and you know, and 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 then it makes sense, and then they would say, "Oh my God, I can't believe you actually said that. That's so true me to me as well. Like, oh my God, I can't even tell my family." And I'm like, "I know, I can understand the struggle." And actually, it was there was one person, um, in particular, this one beautiful lady. Um, of course, can't mention her name because she has the right to share it when she wants to and if she ever wants to um but it was a very heartwarming conversation i had with her that prompted me to put the video out the next day oh really because i was fed up i had enough yes i was just so fed up and just constantly feeling the need to um be quiet for who for what like i say in the video <laughs> yeah did she did she did she respond did, uh, did she talk to you after you put out the video this woman so she was the inspiration for you to make the video and you were like absolutely you're like this is okay this is nonsense why are like was your thinking like why do we all have to keep this a secret right is that absolutely right absolutely so, and what did she say when you talked to her okay. Um, we just had a really beautiful conversation. She was very worried about my safety. Mm. Um, a lot of people were very worried about my safety. I had filmed the video weeks before, by the way, just to let you know. Um, I had the video done, but I just was like unsure about it. <laughs> For me, it was a, it was a, it was a therapy thing. Mm. So, so. I wanted to do it on camera and 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 see if that was enough for me. Mm. It was kind of like a little experiment. Like if I if I say this on camera, how will I feel? Would I feel release? Mm. And um, I kept it, and then um, had the intention to post it once inspired. So apart, aside from the reaction and aside from the backlash and everything, <laughs> how did you feel when you? Two things. First, when you recorded it and you had said what you wanted to say and you knew that you had said it. And two, when you put it out into the into the world, like how did you how how did you feel finally? You know, you were saying that you were fed up and it was enough, and you know, you, you seemed mm -hmm. like you were at the tipping point. And then you put it out. What what was it? How did it feel to you personally? It um, felt it felt really freeing on another on another level because. Um, as much as on my in my day to day, I'm very open about it. It's still an issue for me. Mm -hmm. I, I I mentioned in the video there was um, someone from my past. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm losing you. I'm back. Yeah, there yeah, was someone. Yeah. There was someone um, from my past that I grew up with. This um, this man um, who I knew. He asked me if I was Muslim, and um, I told him that I was just just because, just out of fear, mm. and. Um, I felt really ashamed of myself and my and my lack of conviction, mm. and, the, and and also just realizing how deeply it still affects me. Mm. Um, because if I if I had mentioned to him that I was not I was not a Muslim, he would have probably spread this word around and it would have gotten back to my family. And again, the the fear of um, not disappointing or you know bringing shame onto my family. Um, mm. Yeah, but it was freeing. Um, and then when a lot of people started to attack me and with their nonsense, 
it was it was it was literally nonsense no one had anything intelligent or intellectual to tell me apart from the fact that i'm gonna burn in hell and wow. i was already prepared for that and you know i received death threats the whole lot and um i expected it and because i expected it it just the weight of their comments just filtered down and because I couldn't, I just couldn't get less. Did you report yeah. a death threat to the police? Um, I believe so. Yes, I have. I have a team with my music team, and they were very protective. So they they did it on my behalf for my safety. Mm. Um, I kind of took it as nonsense. Maybe I shouldn't be so arrogant to say that, <laughs> but they, for my safety, they were like, "I don't care what you say, Autumn. I'm going to report this, and you know." Good. And these people should be um, face the consequences for doing such. And I agree 100%. Wait, did Sometimes the police that... follow up? I, I, heard, I hear a lot of bad things about what the police is focusing on in London. And I don't know what to trust. But did police, mm -hmm. did they show up? And um, did they do anything? Or did they only... Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I can't say that anything really happened after that. Hmm. Um, nothing really happened. And then... Um, this 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 happened like a month ago. The video was put out a month ago. So a week or two into the video, that's when other people started to share, and 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 the energy started to shift into positivity, like I mentioned earlier. Nice. And so I just focused on that and and decided not to pay any mind any mind yeah. to it. Um, is that wrong? Should I be more precautious and careful? Maybe, but um, I well, don't I mean feel. I, I, I mean, even if you're not worried, it's, it's good if, if people commit a crime, which is which is a, sending a death threat is a crime. It's just a good idea to report it, whether you feel threatened by it or not. I think it's important to report it. Absolutely. I agree with you. Maybe this yeah. is a, t a lesson I'll take. <laughs> yeah. Um, th there is this, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked to Noon Benson about is uh, she was talking about a sort of a progressive radicalization of the Somali diaspora uh, in the sense that uh, with uh, Somali culture, you know, you had the WAAQ, um, it's spelled, I think, W-A-A-Q. Uh, yeah. There was the WAAQ uh, mythology. There's other cultural elements uh, that people have there. And mm -hmm. uh, um, she was of the view that um, a, a lot of the recent radicalization, there's been more radicalization moving from a more sort of I guess open or a, a liberal view of Islam in the Somali Muslim community to one that's becoming sort of more fundamentalist and maybe sort of Saudiized or Arabized, um, mm. in a sense. So, um, have you have you noticed that at all? Is that something that uh, you had to deal with? Um, I can't say I can't say I have. Um, I, I mentioned when I put the video out that this is when I started to get exposed to a much bigger, larger question mm -hmm. and I realized and I realized that this this ex-muslim community and and everything that's been happening has existed before little old me decided to post a video um but I have I have noticed that and I have paid attention to it and um I see I see a lot of liberalism even in 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 this, the muslim community I see it in my many muslim friends who you know mm -hmm. aren't mm -hmm. as radical and aren't as um you know, fundamentalist. Um, but I, I, I don't know too much about the, the WAC Nation. Was it the WAC Nation or? Yeah, um, the uh, WAC Nation is, the, I think, the podcast that uh, Noon has now. But uh, Okay. The, yeah, but overall, that was uh, 
the the I the must look into it. I must yeah, you I should, must look into it. You should come yeah. to the August seventeenth uh, is it August seventeenth? August sixteenth events in London. There's gonna be a lot of ex Muslims in London there. I'm gonna be there speaking. There's gonna be Widovids, Memes Vids, MTS Shams, a lot of big atheist YouTubers like Rationality wow. Rules, GM Skeptic. You should come today. It would be a great. I mean, you should you should have been invited already to come and you know and as an honorary guest. You should, shouldn't. <laughs> I'm gonna to talk to Widovids and see if we could like. Are you gonna tell them off for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You... I I I I'd love to. I'd love to. Okay. Good. Um, yeah. And by the way, I know we're gonna to get to Patreon questions later, but I really want to get this one. Uh, Chris is saying, would it would it be possible to hear you sing just a little bit? If you don't want to, that's uh, perfectly okay. It's one hundred percent your choice. Is that okay? <laughs> um, as, 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 as soon as I heard that question, a song actually came to mind. Okay. Um, that I wrote. Um, it goes. Um, and it's very. It goes with the topic of conversation. I wrote this when I was 17. Um, and I, it says, And I was 17, dreaming of utopia, of a place where opportunities come equally to all those who breathe, to all those who bleed. I swear I pray each day This world becomes a better place to be And it starts with you and me <laughs> Oh, wow. That, that when you were 17? <laughs> Absolutely. This was my mission my whole entire life. What I stand for in my music as well. Just to quickly touch on that. I, I do share my experiences with religion, with sex, with, with everything. I've, I've, I've seen and felt and dealt. I, I've lived a really long life. I've lived a life. And um, I try to um, come from the heart. And um, I just stand for just peace, freedom, um, empowerment. Oh, you got cut. I channel my experience. Mm -hmm. You're back. You're back. I'm so glad yeah. that you didn't cut out during this. I was so I was so worried that you're gonna get cut out during the singing, but you didn't get cut. Oh God, that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that's thank amazing. you so much. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, you're gonna yeah, we're gonna uh, put your music links and everything in the description. So yeah. Again, uh, by the way, the on that note, on that note, Ali, guys, if you're ex-Muslim, atheist, secular, you guys, it's your it's your responsibility to go find her work. And you have to promote it. We have like as a second. I have to mention. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. So I'm actually I do have music online on on YouTube and and you'll find my stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm still an unofficial. I I still haven't officially released material. I'm still a baby in this world um, of of my art being out there. My first song, official song, will be out this later this year. Nice. Um, nice. So I would just love if you guys could follow me and pay attention. If you're in London, come to my shows. I have a, a gig on the 18th of July. So if you're in London, save the date. It's 18th uh -huh. of July. But I'm just putting myself out there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gigging a lot. Um, I'm building my music. If you can see, I have um, over there. That's where I produce my work. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, yes, that's yes. your, your on the computer. workstation. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I'm building and, and, and um, 
yeah, finding my way. But I would love if you guys just jumped on the journey with me. So, so, so if you, so if you want to, sub, first of all, the song is the music is already beautiful, so it's easy to to you know. But uh, if you want to support your fellow ex-Muslims or atheists, just go to her events, share, follow her on social media, share her album when it comes out, um, and also if you're having an event. Um, reach out to her and see if she's available for a gig. Just support your fellow, ex support your fellow ex-Muslims, support your fellow atheists because we are like uh, we are very much alone, right? Like the atheist community, the ex-Muslim community, the secular community, we don't get much support, and a lot of us feel very alone. So when you find ways to support each other, just do it. Okay, this is you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I also want to add you so much. one more thing to it is that you know we do have a lot of conferences. We have people who have great minds. We have people who've uh, you know written books like Armin and I, um, and there's a lot of sort of cerebral stuff, intellectual conversation happening in the secular community and the ex-Muslim community, but. Um, we we need there is a, there is something that really hits you emotionally with musicians with art uh, with storytelling mm -hmm. um and you know the, this is i've seen sort of stand up comedians who talk about this singers you know who who sing about these things like the, we we do need more of that i i would love to see more events where it's not just about conferences and people speaking but you know people coming together and celebrating their talents and their artistic expression and just uh, art putting is it out. beautiful. <laughs> art is expression. Art and, is expression. Yeah, and it resonates in a way that uh, you know, just regular um, ideas placed on their own don't. I mean, that's why religion is so powerful. Is because say, in Islam, you have the you have the adhan, you have uh, the talawat, you've got the poetry, you've got calligraphy. Um, in Christianity, you know, we've had so many art forms, like all of the art and the sculpture and the hymns and the gospel choirs. So these things actually are very powerful in terms of um, having, and to have people of your own who have this kind of talent um, to do it. I mean, we should, I think we should be celebrating that more. That's the next and step, I think. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And I'm happy to also say that my experience as an ex-Muslim is a very heavy topical um, subject on my music. And really? I, I I'm not, absolutely. I don't, I'm not talking about rubbish, uh, non, you know, superficial things. I talk about my experience as a non-Muslim. I try to contextualize it and, and phrase it wow. musically, the journey. And I, and I, I've, I've not heard that yet. Um, but I'm, 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 okay. it's, it's going to be exciting. So what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is uh, once these are going to be released on YouTube as well, right? On YouTube? The songs? Hello? Can you hear it? Oh, wow. I Sorry, I didn't think you were speaking to me. <laughs> no, no. Are, they, are, are you going to release your they song? They will be. Okay. Yes, they so, will be on YouTube. So what yes, I'm going to do is... they will be on Spotify and everything. What I, well, like, I'm going to keep an eye on it and um, and share it on Atheist Republic. On Atheist Republic, is, um, it, it has 2 million followers worldwide. So I'll make sure I'll share it there. Wow. I'll share it on our um, both Secular Jihadists and uh, Atheist Republic's YouTube channel in the community section. And wow. I'll also make sure we tweet about it. By the way, the people in our live chat are saying that was great. Uh, so... Uh, Shanta is clapping and they're subscribed they're already subscribing to your YouTube channel and also Shan oh, wow. Shantaram is that how um, am I saying it yeah. right? He's saying he's bringing a group to your gig 
London, and London show. show on July 18th. July 18th. Group. So. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, this will be really good. Um, oh my god, you guys make me happy. I'm so glad we got to talk. Uh, yeah, me too. I, I think, I mean, this has been just so much fun just speaking to you. Um, I, I, is there anything else, I guess, that you wanted to, if, if there are other... We have to go to you know, Patreon questions after this. Yeah. yeah, you you were growing up um, mm-hmm. and you were wearing a hijab as, as a girl of eight. And when you grew older, you wanted to obviously, you know, be a, a normal person and, and wear and think and live the way that you wanted to. There are so many other girls and boys who are in that situation around the world, not just in in the UK. What would you say to them? Like if uh, they're listening to this, right, and they're looking for a way to liberate themselves, what would you say to them? Wow. Um, (laughs) No pressure. I want to, <laughs> none at all. Um, from my heart, I want to say uh, to anyone listening who um, can relate to my story and my questioning when I was young, the biggest thing for me was um, I felt like what I thought was wrong. I, I punished myself. I had so much guilt and shame um, and hatred for myself because I thought this was the truth and I, I was the outsider. Um but I'm here to tell you today that you are absolutely licensed and free to believe what you would like to, be, what you want to believe in. You have your your right in believing what you feel, um, and life is so beautiful when you're able to walk towards your your truth. And yes, unfortunately, you might come across a lot of conflict. I think our community are not prepared or open enough or tolerant enough yet, but we are those who will help normalize it for our children and and those to come it's don't feel shameful um talk to each other seek close friends and people who you trust that can help you feel normal i know i had that for sure i met a woman who um a lady she's my sister actually my chosen life sister um and her name is amina and she's 10 years my senior and I remember speaking about this to her in private and she made me feel sane and normal and she encouraged me um, without forcing me to do anything and um, I support you and I believe in I believe in you guys so that's all I want to say that it's okay what you're fe- feeling and just go ahead it's, you're getting me emotional <laughs> but um, just just go ahead you're not doing anything wrong despite what anyone tells you I promise. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. That was I, so sweet. Just, so we're going to move on to um, some of the patron questions. Um, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Zarathustra <laughs> is asking, uh, this is a question for any of us, but I think we'll direct it to you, yeah. um, at Autumn. Uh, how would you describe the reaction you get from uh, devout Muslims on meeting you when they find out you're a non-believer? And then he's saying, would you describe it as atavistic? Atavistic, I think, what does that mean? That means like, um, I guess, yeah. Well, it means like, are they sort of, do they think that you're rejecting a traditional thing? You know, that you're sort of selling out in a way or or whatever. I mean, did you ever experience that kind of reaction? Yes, absolutely. There are many, uh, yes, I do get approached a lot. Um, 
especially online um and there are a lot of assumptions apparently i'm doing i've come out as a non-muslim because i wanted attention and you know i sold myself to further my music career um and to make money um which is a little bit ridiculous have you seen my room (laughs) and and Um, get death threats of course that's what you wanted all along yeah exactly exactly and to be isolated from my own my entire community and family and, and from and your mother who, yeah so, exactly. so much fun that, so much fun so much fun <laughs> um there were also um I've, a lot of people send me advice on the fact that i didn't do my research properly mm. and that i'm lost i'm still lost and i will come back to islam and follow the right path and um, I try to remind them that's your path. <laughs> There's no real path. That's yours. Um, mm. And um, I think I just, for, for the for the most part, my intelligence is really undermined. And um, apparently, I, I've not done my research, um, and I'm still ignorant. And um, mm. I mean, yes, I don't know. I don't know the answers. I don't have the answers, but- and I'm very comfortable. By the way, have you noticed the double standard? Because if somebody converts to Islam without research, they don't question, they don't, they, that doesn't bother yeah. them. Like if somebody says, You don't like, need hey, any research to convert to Islam. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine, have you ever seen like a Muslim say, like, let's say, oh, I want to become a Muslim. And have you, and a Muslim ask, oh, have you done your research? And like, no, I just want to become Muslim. Would, would any Muslim come to you and be like, no, 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 no. First go do your research. You can't just accept Islam. Without doing your research, like, have you ever seen any examples of that? Like that? Yeah. Absolutely I'm... not. It's, <laughs> hey, I want to be a Muslim. Really great. Come with me to the mosque and do your shahada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also earlier, yeah, exactly. That you can welcome people to walk into your faith, right. but you, you don't welcome people to leave. That was what we we were talking about earlier as well. Yeah. It's like Hotel um, California. So, say that again. I say it's like Hotel California. you can get out anytime you like but you can never leave Mm -hmm. so um another uh, question from sarah is uh would you say that did you ever truly uh believe were you ever a believing muslim or do you feel like you were always sort of uh play acting or just kind of going through the motions um born skeptic yeah i was always skeptical and i did pretend for the most part but very impressive um because because this was um, because I didn't feel like there was an option. I so this is this is my perspective. So here is this faith, and everyone's like praying and doing what they're doing, and I'm here, and I cannot relate at all. But there's like a hellfire, and everyone's so sure of this, and I believed that I was the the devil and the wrong. That was my conflict, mm. you know. So I felt like I was going to be punished for my position. I couldn't, couldn't mask it internally. Um, so I would try to pray. I, I, guys, I would when I was young, I'm like praying five times a day, doing my wudu, um, and you know, God, you know, you know, trying, trying my best um, to 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 want. I wanted to. I wanted to be a Muslim. Let, let me just say that I wanted to um, because I'm very much a people pleaser. I wanted to please my family. I, I would never, I would never have wanted to rebel, if. Um, but unfortunately, I had to play pretend. Can, can you write a Can you write a song where you're having a conversation with your God, uh, with God about Vizu, and then as the as a as a song progresses, <laughs> eventually it turns into a conversation with the devil, 
and you know something like that, that would be an interesting song yeah. <laughs> you know i have i do i am an artist and i do write songs and i can say that um it gives me the license to um you know say things in ways that um only makes sense in a song or in a movie or <laughs> in an art form but i do i do play with with those ideas because that that was really my reality i feel like mm, nice yeah there's there's a comment here from uh chris who's saying coming out as ex-muslim in a country like somalia where your your disbelief can get you killed is very brave i but hope she's the in the story UK. She's in the UK, but but still, I think uh, from that uh, community, I hope this story gets more people to come out. Yeah, I agree but, with but you. But on that point, if you are in Somalia and it's, it's a life-threatening thing to do, please maybe don't do it, right? Like, <laughs> don't be that... It's good to be brave, but don't be that brave. That's yeah, so that. heartbreaking. And, you know, there I did receive messages from people from Somalia and from different parts of the world where they... If they leave Islam... They will be punished by death or face very extreme consequences right. and yes they all are pretending and living in silence again please don't risk your life it's not it's not worth it um we need to change this and and maybe create s s secret communities you know right. and maybe we can influence the laws um that's definitely a passionate of my passion of mine now to try to um to see what we can do in that realm to, to yeah. be fair if somebody does decide that it is worth the cost we i don't think we get to tell them that they shouldn't because at the end of the day the only the only reason why these laws have changed the only reason why we are enjoying freedom in some other countries is because some people risk their lives right like i don't i don't think we should be encouraging people to risk their lives but if somebody somewhere decides that they do want to risk their lives and this is a cause worthy i think we shouldn't tell them that they're making a wrong decision i think we should just thank them for their for their sacrifice I think. yeah i don't know absolutely i cannot personally stomach the idea of someone you know dying but um i agree with you wholeheartedly mm. um i feel like if if that's if that's what you need to do um then you'll you'll only be admired in my books yeah yeah i i was uh during wow. the time during the time that i was uh, writing my book i got a lot of messages from people saying the same kind of thing in all kinds of Muslim majority countries, and then I realized I I felt like it was almost a responsibility because I am here. I'm in I'm in Canada. I have a good relationship with my family. I have the ability to speak out in an open society, right? I have um, the ability to have access to good security systems and law enforcement. Uh, it would I felt like it would be almost criminal for me not to speak out. I'm not saying everybody should, but it just because there are so many people who can't. You know, Absolutely. who can't do it. So the fact that I'm able to do it, like I, I, I should. And and that that's I think one of the things that's so important about people from Somali backgrounds like you, people from Iranian backgrounds like Armin, people from Pakistani backgrounds like me, who are living, uh, who are fortunate to be living in societies where we can speak, is it's exactly because of this reason, because of those messages Absolutely. you got from these people who can't speak out. That's that's why it's so important for for us to talk about this and say, you know, it's okay. It's it's and this is not about being a Muslim or being an atheist or being an ex-Muslim. It's about having the choice and the freedom to say what you think and not have to 
you know, have to suffer all of these crazy consequences for it. That's really all it's about. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, Reason on Faith, uh, who, who's Yay. a great, you, you should totally follow him. He's one of the most brilliant uh, people that we have here. Uh, he's uh, saying so commendable when someone so young makes such a decision of authenticity and goes public to help normalize dissent. He's sending much love. Um, uh, uh, Shant- sending love right back to you. Oh. There you go. Uh, Shantram is saying, um, yeah, he's also praising you for being willing to stand up when many of us are too scared or unable. That's exactly what we were talking about. Um, a lot of people <laughs> praising your singing. Yeah. Like they just love you. <laughs> so, um, thank you guys. Yeah. And last question uh, from uh, Kiran Evans. Uh, and if anybody has any more questions, just send them in now. This is your chance. Last so, last chance. questions. Yeah. He's saying a sensitive question What can be done to tackle FGM in the UK Somali community? So, this is, I guess, this is a very relevant question because Somalia has one of the highest rates of FGM. We know that, you know, Ayan Hirsi Ali underwent it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's actually quite common, not only in, in Somalia, I think the rate's almost 98%. Uh, in the Somali diaspora, also they they try to get away with it as much as they can. And uh, do you have any views on that? Anything that you've um, heard and how how to tackle it? I think it's absolutely um, terrible. I, I have many women in my family who underwent FGM. Um, uh, fortunately for me, I ha- didn't have that experience. But this is where I give my privilege to being born in Europe and it being illegal. Yeah, and um, and a lot of you know families out of fear of being persecuted would maybe avoid that. So I guess that there that is a positive thing. I'm um, I'm not too sure how much it's happening right now in this day and this day and age and, and the statistics. And um, I need to look into that and, and see if if it's um as overwhelming as it used to be. Um, well, mm-hmm. I think the re- I think the solution might be to actually apply the laws because it's not like the laws are not there. Like this is illegal in the UK, right? Absolutely. And I think it's just the fear of um, being accusations of racism that I, maybe that is being I don't know if that's big um, increasing or becoming less, but because some people are bringing attention to the double standard when it comes to the police. Uh, executing the laws wow. evenly, I think um, that attention it might actually eventually help where they actually um, don't ignore this. But it is the fear of racism and the fear of being accused of Islamophobia that in some areas where police are not actually uh, executing the law. So. I think this is when we can start giving credit to the the children, the young the young people, because I we have a power when we speak up about our experiences you know it may it may make other people in your your fat friends and family or whoever feel very uncomfortable or ashamed hmm. but use your voice if you can use your voice we can slowly um get our power back and and not be violated in such a way if our family know that their children might tell on them they won't do it (laughs) and that's our power we can't be imprisoned by anybody anybody so speak up wow i love your passion by the way 
Yeah, amen. I was going to say amen. As it is. Um, okay, so we did get one final question. This will be the last question, and then we're going to you know, go on and conclude. Um, Zara saying, how can Somalia be stabilized? Can the tribal conflicts ever be overcome? Okay, can you solve all the problems in Somalia is what we want to know right now here on the show. <laughs> can no, we solve... Oh, sorry, you're asking me if we can solve all the problems. Oh, no, 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 that, that was no, me Ali, joking. Ali is joking. No, Somalia, oh Somalia stabilized. That's a very complicated question. Yeah, the question is that there are a lot of tribal conflicts in Somalia. Somalia okay. is obviously unstable politically. Okay. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how it can be stabilized or, uh, you know, what authorities can do or the international community can do to help Somalia? Oh, that's very, very tricky. Um, many countries around the world are facing a very corrupt government and politics and greed. Um, it's true, Somalia, there are many tribes that don't get along. Nobody wants to see um, um, the other person represent, you know, the other tribe to represent the country. Everyone gets, you know, jealous and, and they want to jeopardize that. Um, again, we have to just embrace our diversity really it it boils down to something so simple and so human which is compassion understanding teamwork and unfortunately we many of us human beings um we struggle with that and it reflects so terribly in a country mm -hmm. like somalia so with somalia i think the one issue is that there's a lot of interest from outside of somalia to keeping it a failed state a, a lot Absolutely. of people are, are a lot of people are benefit uh, are um, benefiting from not having a stable government there, and being able to r remove all the, like fight against all those influences, especially the religious influences coming from outside, is very important. Mm -hmm. One thing that is um, that I've heard that is really missing out there is like to support the children for the f like if, even if this generation of um, you know is is dealing with the failed government it's really important that you get a lot more return on your investment if you invest in the the children uh, of somalia like building schools building a good education system there that, that's those are the things that uh, i've heard i have no idea if this is true or a good idea or the best source of our investment it's, but that's what it's definitely a good idea i i would agree with you it's it's always a great idea to educate um our children but to educate them to also be free thinkers and to think for themselves and to utilize their innovations and creativity and their solutions mm. and um, not just to build a school and make them sit for 14 hours a day, mm. um, but to really transform, um, They, we have to give them the button. All right. So b before we go, for people that are not going to check the description because they're listening to this on a podcast and they want to yes. while on their phone, they want to follow you on Twitter or subscribe to your YouTube channel or find you anywhere else on Instagram. What what should they search for? Where can they find you? Guys, you can find me on all social platforms um, at Autumn Sheriff A U T U M N, traditionally spelt Sheriff S H E R I F. Um, that's me. Come and find me. Come find her everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Follow her. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and really, really listen to the music. I mean, it's. <clears throat> and if you can, if you're listening to this and you don't have access to the link, check out the performance on The Voice that you did on The Voice UK. Mm -hmm. I, what was that like? 
to go up on that stage. Were you nervous? You seemed like you were killing it. You seemed so confident. You just went up and belted it out, and everyone went insane. And like it was just seeing the judges just be blown away by you. What what was that like? What were you feeling? It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire <laughs> life. I was so overwhelmed. Oh my god. It was it was insane. Um, I, it was crazy even how it came about. I I didn't have any connections or any any exposure to that um, at all. Um, but you know, I went and got seated and and met people and took the opportunity. Um, but it was incredible. I feel like once I did that, um, it gave me enough confidence to really go and pursue because it's like a window, isn't it? That yeah. you going on the a show like that it's like a window and and i saw myself on stage with it was like 11 maybe 9 to 11 million people watching it wow. per night and that is just something that i never ever ex- experienced so it just gave me the confidence now to and really so go ahead no no i was saying was your family there uh watching yes or... my mother was there my mother was Aww. there my siblings were there um and um, I'm very grateful that, um, you know, she did that and they did that, um, despite what people might think, you know. Mm. Um, this was before you came out as ex-Muslim or after? This was way before. Mm. I was um, I was 19. Um, it was very well received for the most part. Of mm. course, people had their comments, but um, I was still very, you know, innocently mm. packaged, very kind of... Um, not expressing views or um, or anything yeah. to detail. By, by their <laughs> comments, well by their comments, is an understatement. Like I, uh, from if you look at the audience reaction, <clears throat> saying that it was well received is mm-hmm. quite an understatement. <laughs> and it doesn't. You said it was terrifying. It didn't come across that way either. You look like you absolutely. That. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Very, <laughs> but, yeah. Ali, you gotta. <laughs> you gotta. I do literally, it. I literally wanted, like, I had tears coming down my eyes because I was so terrified uh-huh. before the cameras went live. And I remember the makeup artists um, drying my tears, uh-huh. yeah. drying my tears, and telling me to calm down because I'm about to be shown live <laughs> too. <laughs> So, but <laughs> by comments, do you mean like people were saying, like even before you were an ex-Muslim, this was too expressive, too like showing yourself to too many people. That's the kind of comments that were people giving. Even this is. I mean, yeah. Music is considered sinful in some <laughs> areas um, right. of the Somali of right. the Muslim community. Um, Muslim was ne- uh, sorry, music was never a thing that was championed or mm. celebrated. Um, Although there are many talented um, Muslim musicians, there's a gentleman called Id- Idris Muhammad who is absolutely incredible. It's more tolerated from well. men though than women. Exactly, and people were more focused on my dress and 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 my, the fact that my hair was out and why couldn't I do it being modest, you right. know? And even now, um, there, there, you know, the Muslim community will champion. Uh, a, a woman from you know who's Muslim with a full hijab and consider her, um, put her on a on a high regard because right. she kept her modesty and because she didn't compromise herself. And whereas right. people like me will be shamed um, because um, 
apparently we've lost so, our identity. So in Iran, for example, it was illegal for women to sing, but it was legal for men to sing, become singers. But wow. eventually they changed the laws and listen to this. This is how the progress was made. Eventually women can sing as long as their voice is being drowned out by another, by a couple of men. So you're, you can sing, you, ha you can sing alongside a couple of men so that you, the audience are not just hearing a woman singing by herself. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. <laughs> Religious, it's weird. Religion kind of. How do people justify this? Where do they come up with these rule books? <laughs> it's in the Bukhari, Hadith and stuff like that. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is what does it. It's just religious belief. It's weird how it turns the minds of educated, grown men usually into complete morons. It just completely turns them. Like it's almost it's comical the kind of stuff they come up with. But anyway, uh, Autumn, thank La you for your last time. Last comment. Shantaram is saying I'm very happy to ha uh, to know uh, to now have uh, Autumn to show my nieces as uh, and point to as a role model. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna actually, yes. I'm gonna brag about this. I'm gonna, you know, my niece who yeah. listened to your music yesterday and was totally blown away. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna show her how, how you know. When the, you become famous, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell people. I'm gonna tell people that Ali and I did a show with her like this. <laughs> It'll be iconic. Guys, yeah. can I close off with a little something? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Let me get my key. And I won't be blinded no more And I've decided I'm worth more No, I won't be allowed to no more There's a world inside me I'm ignored Don't take my body, fuck devotion <laughs> That was great. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, that wow, was perfect so note to end this on. Um, thank you very much, Autumn. Thank you so much for I'm joining sorry. us. I'm sorry for swearing. I don't know what your rules are on there. Oh, no, no. It's more swearing. It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. You were actually holding back. It's encouraged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys right. so much for giving me the platform to speak with you. I'm so, so happy we did this. Oh. Um, I hope we speak soon. Yeah. Hopefully I see you in London. Right. Yes. Bye. Bye. The secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.